You are now listening to Conscientization 101, an online magazine combining reflection, music, and action through independent media. It's uh, very important to be with conscious African women and men. And I'm very excited to see Conscientization 101, to see Sister Zari there and the brother James and uh, to see that you have started an organization to conscientize the world, especially African people about what's really going on in this world. Conscientization 101. A lot of these people right now in this conscious, so-called conscious movement, they're not actually living in that, in that lifestyle. Fakers. That's why, you know, obviously yourself, we're on the same sort of frequency. That's why you're listening to the same things I'm listening to because we're sharing that same sort of thought. We want the same sort of things and a lot of people don't want the same sort of things. Even yourself, what you're doing now is for the people. So everything is people-based. Globally conscientizing. What's making me proud of what um, this kind of connection here is that, you know... Well, no matter what is said, no matter what is done, um, you, you leave that, you leave listening to our music with a feeling. The same way we're going to leave this conversation with a feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, that is the most important thing you know, for, for I and I, the, the vibe and the energy and the feeling that you leave with. Because you might not remember every lyric, but you're going to remember the feeling. So um, that's, 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 that's really important, and that's what I'm getting from what you're doing. Doing, doing, doing. Welcome to another episode of Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Conscientization 101 Podcast. I'm your host for this episode, James Stone, Senior Editor for Conscientization 101. And it's good to be back. We were on a brief hiatus. We hadn't planned it. It wasn't planned. But things kind of happen, and you have to keep it moving. And now we are back. So it's good to be back on this episode. And today, we conclude our digitally remastered three-part presentation titled Dr. Dr. Amos Amos Wilson Wilson on on Feel Good Good History History. from our Audio Audio Praxis series. series. Yeah. 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 Audio Praxis, a term coined by the renowned African scholar and author, Ayikwe Arma, means... Quote, the translation of ideas systematically embraced into structured behavior and lifestyle. Ideopraxis is the yardstick that separates revolutionary performers from phonies. End quote. That's from his book, Remembering the Dismembered Continent, pages 75 through 76. Now, with this term in mind, we created our Audiopraxis series. Our Audiopraxis series is an extension of our Conscientization 101 produced tracks from our free gift musical commentaries featuring Dr. Marimba Ani, Dr. Amos Wilson, and 
Dr. John Henrik Clark. These podcast episodes include lectures we have curated and digitally remastered from each of these African scholars in order to preserve these critical insights and analysis in the wake of an increasingly restrictive and controlled YouTube. And by the way, we will link to the free gift in our show notes. Now, before we get into the conclusion, what the conclusion is going to be about in this uh, episode from Amos Wilson, we did want to say about the audio praxis, you know, while it is like the translation of ideas systematically embraced into structured behavior and a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? That, that, you know, you do that on an individual level, but Ayikwe Amai would, would definitely say, just like we would say, now once you have structured that into something that you do for yourself, now you have a responsibility to link up with other people who do that as well, okay? There isn't going to be any revolution because you feel like the revolution is myself the revolution is me i am the revolution you know if i just love me i'm the revolution just love yourself you know what i'm saying that's a retreat into your selfish ass solipsistic self okay just want to say that make it clear because a lot of times you know you might you know you know we've been doing this for a while besides conscientization 101 because we've been doing conscientization 101 before we knew we was doing conscientization 101 only the real really feel that one right there. You know what I'm talking about? Talking about. I say that because I've met so many people say, Well, yeah, I am revolutionary because I take care of me. That is no different than somebody who would advocate rampant individualism. Okay? But people do say that. They go, No, I'm revolutionary because I watch lectures. And if you say, Okay, how does that translate into action? Because I keep watching them. Okay, well, yeah. So, do you think you need to hook up with a group? No, my chakra's open, nigga. Don't worry. They're going to come out with another lecture. I'm going to watch that one in a minute, too. Don't worry. I got this lecture shit on lock. So, what did you learn from the lecture, brother? I know we need to start our own business and buy everything black. Hey, uh, that sure is a nice new iPhone you got. Yeah, I got that shit from the store the other day. Uh, okay. Was that the black store you got it from? Okay. Y'all see where I'm going with this, okay? You see where I'm going with this? You, you got to get out of your individual self. You got to understand the reality that we're in. It's not a lifestyle that you can just proclaim as an individual and be solipsistic and live in your brain. It's not just subjective, okay? Got to reach out to other people. You know, rev- revolutions implies that it's a social phenomenon. It, You know, it's not masturbatory, Okay. Now, once, once you do that, you got to get along with people and work together and build that transformation. You just can't name it and claim it, okay? All right, now that we got that out of the way, we're going to get into this conclusion of Dr. Amos Wilson on Feel Good History. He's going to discuss the following. following. Why you can't be African-centered without the goal of pan-African nation building, education not being about getting a job for a life of conspicuous consumption, constant vigilance while building a pan-African organization against those whose African-centeredness is based on 
a rejection by other people and much more. I would also include that, you know, uh, uh, that, that, that last part that uh, Dr. Wilson talks about with the same people who always are looking for a little owl, you know what I'm saying? And they feel like, yeah, you know, they, they mess around with owls. I don't look at owls. So I'm, I'm better. You know, when you start talking globalization or uh, exporting of cash crops, IMF and stuff like that, uh, or, you know, real political economy type stuff on how this neo-colonialism thing works, you know, they just want to go, they just keep talking about that owl, okay? They don't know how that stuff works, but they can tell you the mystical owl ceremonies and shit like that. It's some, and it always has something to do with a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? There's celebrity worship there. You know, you know, just go go watch you a movie, and then you got all the answers because you saw all the occult signs in there. Occult means hidden, guys. Okay. Anyway, I digress, and now we conclude. Dr. Amos Wilson on feel-good history from Conscientization 101's IDEO Praxis Series. Yeah! There shall be no racial harmony for the next 20 or 30 years, ladies and gentlemen. You got to get used to the idea. You got to get used to the idea, if you're going to win your freedom, that you're going to be disliked by a lot of people. And a lot of ethnic groups. Yeah, you got to get used to living with great tension if you're going to reclaim yourself and reclaim your life. If you're trying to maintain peace and harmony with every other ethnic group, they're going to put conditions on it. You can maintain harmony if you let me uh, buy sell to all your kids and you never own anything. You can maintain harmony as long as you don't disturb my economic domination. It's just like this anti-Semitism stuff that's got L.I.B. jammed up. Oh, yeah. People, you know, one, at one point, it's, a, it's not a race, it's a religion. At another point, it's a race. You know, what, what's going on here? The thing that you have here, ladies and gentlemen, is a political strategy. And an economic what? Strategy. An instrument of what? control, a means by which one can control the behavior of others. You can call it religion, ethnicity, anything you want to, but its ultimate reality is that it is used to do what? Control the behavior and perceptions of other people in the interest of the people who belong to that thing. That's all it is. And the first question you ask, and so the, the thing goes out, you're anti-Semitic. Now, it doesn't matter what you said, whether you told the truth or not the truth, or this or that, it has nothing to do with that. Not at all. It has to do, now the next question you're going to ask is, oh, how can I not be anti-Semitic? <laughs> don't say this, don't say that, don't do this, don't do that, and then we won't call you what? Anti-Semitic. <laughs> and so you, when you're striving to be what? Not anti-Semitic, you then what? fall under the control of another people. 
regardless as to whether they are right or wrong, or regardless of how unfair they are, as soon as you meet the requirements of not being called anti-Semitic, you're under control. And yet, here's a people that's less than 3% of the American population, less than one-tenth of 1% 1 of the world's population, who through the use of that term and through the throwing of that accusation can manipulate whole political and economic and social systems. And then they're the first ones to tell you that you shouldn't talk in terms of race. And you should not use what? Your ethnic identity as a base of what? Power. And you should not use your ethnic identity as the base for political and economic strategies, you see, and as a means of what? Controlling other people's behavior and so forth, you see. Ethnicity is much deeper than the demarcation of ethnic characteristics, man. You see, and cultural characteristics, you see, are part of the totality of a people's power. And we have to understand that. And when we are training our youngsters, we have to understand that. We have to get these young men to understand, and when we are training them for manhood and the young women for womanhood and so forth, it requires that we perceive white supremacy as the major social and political and economic spiritual problem to be resolved by African people, and that we ask ourselves the question, what kinds of men and women must we produce in order to overthrow white supremacy? And overthrow white supremacy must be our goal. If you're not about overthrowing white supremacy, you're not about African-centeredness. Mm -mm. And the other thing is, if you're not about nation-building, you're not about African-centeredness either. Anyone here is talking about African-centeredness and so forth is not talking about nation-building, and not talking about the building of a pan-African economic and political system, is really, to my mind, not talking about African-centeredness. No, sir. Because the education of our children and what that education means, and what it should contain, and the educational experiences they should undergo must be, be defined within a framework of overall purpose and goals for our people. Where are we going? What is our major problem in the world? One of our major problems in the world is white supremacy. This is not the problem of white children, you see. And it, an appropriate education of African children then requires that they be trained to do what? Solve that problem. And an education that does not include how to overthrow white supremacy among black people and how to destroy white power over black people is not African-centered. Mm -mm. I don't care how much culture you teach, how much history you teach, it's not about that. It's not about that. An education that is not about building a black nation and a nation within a nation and an African system of people cannot be an African-centered education. When you study economics and science and all of these other things, they must be studied within the frame of where you're going as a people and as a whole. You see, and their organization must be structured in terms of overall goals, national and international goals. When the United States has been challenged, white folk in the United States were challenged by the Japanese. They looked at what? Their educational system. And they are trying to transform their educational system 
and the, the educational experiences of their youngsters so that they can create in them the motivations and attitudes and relations that will make them possible to defend themselves against the growth of Asian power in the world. They're not just teaching them A, B, C, one, two, three, uh, how to add accounts. All of this has to be integrated under a national goal. You see, we are doing business not only just because we want to go to work and come home and buy beer and look at football, <laughs> but because doing business in this way and relating to each other this way and doing accounting in this way and so forth and so forth allows us as a nation to protect our interests, to maintain our style of life, to maintain our freedom and independence. Even though you as an individual think you are just going to work and coming home, you see. And think you're just drinking beer and looking at the football game. But frankly, if you look at the totality of the way the economic and political system operates, you're a part of a total system, and what you do is integrated in a system that is designed to act in the world. Now, we as African people then must lose our unconsciousness in this system. We must become conscious of ourselves as workers, as professionals, as this and that and whatever we are, and be aware of how what we do is integrated and related to the whole of African people and to African ends and purposes. So it is not enough just to gain skills or just to gain knowledge. You must ask skills for what, knowledge for what, and in what way does my skill and my knowledge contribute to the advancement of African people as a whole? In what way can these skills be institutionalized? and be built into the culture such that our culture expresses itself as power. I'll end it here. We talked the other day about white global supremacy, the other evening Wednesday, and I wanted to get my people to understand though that there's a crisis in white global supremacy. White global supremacy is in severe, severe crisis. In fact, we may be witnessing the decline and fall of white supremacy in the world. That's why, again, I mentioned other ethnic groups, you know, because we get too caught up on what white folk are doing. We're going to look up one day and find that white folk ain't even in control of the world anymore. That's right. That's what we're dealing with are what? Asians. That's right. Yeah. The Asians have already called this the Asian century. They call it this what? Consciously. They know exactly where they are going and what they want to do. And don't get caught up in this idea because they ain't white, they're in your favor. <laughs> oh yeah, we like to get that up, you know. We like to get on that kick. Non-white, you hear. The Japanese have already given you a taste of how they feel about you. The Japanese have the highest, probably the highest racial superiority complex of any group on this globe. Oh yeah, you just don't hear about that part. The Ori they have even Koreans over there they haven't assimilated yet. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Chinese as well. That's right. Very chauvinistic, very superiority-oriented uh, ideas of who and what they're about. If you think you're going to get a better break under the Chinese, a better break under the Japanese, or these other people, you've got another thought coming. You must understand the situation. The United States is in terrible trouble. You haven't even heard about the trouble yet. You're sitting here wishing Bush is going to do something. To, uh, what is that man's name? Clinton. 
you have to understand the American presidency isn't the power it used to be. Not at all. The American presidency cannot exhibit the kind of influence in the world that it used to exhibit. And you must recognize that even the United States internal economy is to a good extent out of its control. Yes. Yes. You got to understand what's going on here. That many of the, the restructuring, that this country is in so much debt that it cannot even rebuild its infrastructure and its highways and the other things that it needs to be. That it lived during the whole of the 80s on the goodness of the Japanese. That this country was not financed by white Americans at all. No. One day we'll have to talk business and talk about bonds. How is a government in debt? Anybody has an idea how a government goes in debt? What do we mean that a government is in debt? Huh? What is a bond? You hear it every day, stocks and bonds. We hear it every day, stocks and bonds. What is a bond? It's essentially a what? Loan. It's a loan. Corporations raise money through bonds. They sell stock. That's one way of raising it. And if they go poop, you are, you're through with it, right? You're on stock. It's over. Uh, they also raise money through bonds. When you buy a bond, you are lending money to a corporation or to a government. And so government finances itself through selling bonds. And its bonds are rated just the way your credit is rated. And these bonds are bought by banks just the way banks lend you money. Insurance companies and individuals if they have enough money. And they are bought by other governments. You see. So with the United States being overburdened, spending much more than it could afford, sold bonds and the Japanese and the Taiwanese have what? Bought those bonds. This means that the United States government and the governmental system and economic system is in hock to the Asians already. You understand what I'm talking about? Am I clear? It, they've been such hock and their money and wealth has flown out to such a degree until they even borrowing more money from foreign banks than domestic banks. They're in such hock that their industry is now going into partnerships with foreign companies. And in going in, in, in business with foreign companies, they are selling them their technology before they can even develop it within this country. They're selling them their knowledge and technique. They are shipping out their research and development facilities now. You understand what I'm talking about? Huh? That means the basic infrastructure, the economic infrastructure of the United States is being shipped out and sold lock, stock, and barrel to other people and to other nations. And that's the thing that, that uh, Clinton is facing today. They've given away money to the middle class. So they made you think they was giving it all to the poor. But actually the people who make over $100,000 and $50,000 get more money out of the US government than people who make under 10. Yeah, that's the reason why they have the problem. They call it entitlements, but you never hear them discuss what entitlements are, do you? You think when they say entitlements, they're referring to welfare people, right? No, no. It's the fact that they have given this money to middle classes and up middle class, upper middle classes and permitted them to rob the government now. And now politically, it's difficult for them to do what? Take it back. 
In fact, Clinton wants to give them what? More. But now he's recognized that the debt is so terrible that he may have to go back on that promise. That's terrible. That means there's a crisis here. Tremendous crisis. You think that you're going to get by just getting skills? You got another thought coming. I told you the other evening that within the Russian economy, you could pay a Russian physicist, top flight physicist, $20 a month. The ruble's value is in such a relationship to the United States until you can hire a top flight Russian physicist, a number one, for $20 a month of American money. There are engineers in India, Indonesia, and other places that are well, if, as well, if not better educated than American engineers. And therefore, many companies now are not only beginning to ship their manufacturings out to these countries, they're beginning to ship their research and developmental facilities out, which means even their creative ideas and other things will be generated in other nations. Do you understand what I'm telling you? There are people in Ireland today processing data for a Reader's Digest out here in Highestown, New Jersey, wherever. Yes, sitting at computer terminal, handling all the subscriptions and everything, and, and taking that information from Ireland directly into the main computer there. They don't have to hire input people here at all, and they're doing it for, less, uh, for a third of what they pay. There are people with MBAs over there being paid half of what an MBA is paid to process information. You got to know what the hell is going on in this world. You understand? And understand the situation and the, 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 the circumstances we face as a people. And you can see then why they're in the jail and why the, what's going to go on. You haven't seen the worst of it yet. You haven't begun to see the worst of it yet. This is why you got to transform your education. You just can't say, get an education, get a skill. So you, what skill? Do you know often too, as things become even more automated and so forth, you don't need those skills. Because the friendlier the computer becomes, the less skill you need in programming it, don't you? Yeah. So anybody can work it. And if anybody can work it, why not take it to Mexico? Why not take it to Indonesia? Why not take it over here? So they work the whole thing, man. We'll talk about it another day. We'll talk about how these ghettos have been created deliberately by the economic system here and what's going on here. You got to understand this, though. But the Japanese and the Asians are outstripping this country. And this country feels that if it is to compete, it must then move into the global market and operate in a global system, which means to a great extent denuding its own people. Denuding even what? White folk. Not only black folk, but white folk. They're telling you on one hand how you, they need all your skills and all your competence, and yet what did I tell you the other evening? GM is firing 74,000 people. This, uh, IBM is getting rid of 20 or 30,000 people. Come on, what are you talking about? How are you going to tell me you need more skills and what's happening? You're getting rid of all your skilled people. Come on. There's, there's something wrong here. There's a hoax being played here. And then on the other hand, they'll tell you, and you hear it every day, that it is the small companies that are generating what? Employment in America. Not the large companies. The large companies are what? Shrinking and fading away. 
and that the future employment possibilities in America lies with the development of small businesses. That's the time now, you see. You don't got to build, uh, what, steel companies, ladies and gentlemen, African men and gentlemen. You don't have to build now big IBMs and all these other stuff to compete now because the weight lies with what? The smaller companies. Understand what I'm saying? And so in a sense, the crisis of this democracy, or whatever you want to call it, represents our what? Our opportunity. You see, the European system is in, in almost complete disarray. As a matter of fact, the economic system, if you understand and look at it closely, one of the things you find out is you can't understand it. Even the Europeans don't understand it. Oh, yes, it, 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 it's, it's dangerously out of control. Uh, very dangerous, very precarious. If you read Economist magazine some months back, they had a long piece on, on they really don't know what's going on there. You understand? But you see the Russian Empire has collapsed, and collapsed in terms of what? Ethnicities and groups and so forth. After 40 and 70 years of telling these people, oh, communism is godless, and it is raceless, and it is classless. And what's the first thing that happened when communism fell down? Race, class, and God start fighting. <laughs> Okay, people started killing each other in terms of race, God, and class. So after what, 70 years of communist propaganda and control of the Russian Empire, the old bugbear what, ethnicity, raised his head. And you want to sit around here and think a little belief in Christianity and a little belief in Islam is going to take racism out of the world. You got another thought coming. Uh-uh, no way. It ain't, uh -uh. It ain't over by a long shot. You know what I can't understand? God sat around here and made all of these different ethnic groups, and then we made it, make it holy to ignore it all. <laughs> you know? <laughs> really? You know, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a type of blasphemy, you know? Oh, you, oh, you made all these colors, but, you know, well, let's forget about all of this. <laughs> Identity is based on some degree of what? Similarity. Individual interests are protected by social organization. And on some level, some group, even if they're within the same ethnic group, find some basis for similarity and some basis on which to organize as a group to protect their interests. But what they're trying to tell you is to lose any basis and foundation for connecting with anybody. But that's not the way the real world operates at all. Not at all. And now what do we have going over here? The European system is in disarray. East Germany is soaking up the wealth of West Germany. The, and, 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 and so the Russian Empire is collapsing. And what do you see coming out of here? An intense increase in what? Racism in Europe. <clears throat> An increase of racism over the world, ladies and gentlemen, because as the pie shrinks, as the possibilities shrink, people will tend to move in terms of their ethnicity and operate based on I told people years ago that integration in America could only work in an expanding economy. It's not moral, people are holding hands. It's about what? An expanding economy. We got a lot of jobs, we'll let you have a few. We'll bring you up. We don't have any jobs, 
We're going to cut you out. I told you before, ain't no book, ain't no law in the book, civil rights law in the book, in the Constitution, is going to make a white man feed your, uh, your child before he feeds his own. I don't care how many books you got or laws you got or whatever you got. In the end, they're not going to feed your children before they feed their own. Only sick Negroes feed other people's children before they feed their own. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing. And so as this drink, other groups are going to get a part of this pie. And you're going to have to face the fact then that as you lose these jobs out of industries, and this is a lot of why the violence is going on, Detroit being completely de-industrialized almost, you see. And as these opportunities shrink, what other groups do is bump down. You see, they bump other groups out and begin to do what? Take their place to maintain their survival. You see, the days during which the men and women in Detroit could go to Ford and make a lot of money, go to GM and make a lot of money, uh, go to the steel mills and all those things. That money. In a sense, it didn't matter to them if those other people owned the little shops and the little stores and the little this and the little that. They were doing quite well. You know, so what? I'm, you know, I'm making big money. I'm living, living well. But now what happens now that those things have what? Disappeared. Something has got to move. Either you're going to say, well, I'll just be nice and kind and die and starve out here or rob and kill. Or what? I've got to what? Get control of the assets, what? That I have, what? Left. You see? And you have to tell the others, no personal feelings, you know. I have everything against you, but I got to feed my children. I got to clothe my children. I got to take care of them. You don't have anything against that, do you? That's what you told me you were doing in the neighborhood, right? That you were only taking care of your kids, right? What does this mean then in the long run, ladies and gentlemen? That we as African people, given the deep restructuring that is going on in the world, are going to have to find another economic way out. We are going to have to create jobs. We are going to have to create an economic system. We are going to have to employ ourselves and, and create means of taking care of our people. That means then that we are going to first have to capture our economic infrastructure from other groups. A number one, because you must accumulate capital and you must withdraw as much as possible of your capital from others in order to use it for yourself. And this goes on with groups all the time. Reagan did it. Reagan did it. Why do you think the poor got poorer and the rich got richer? They, they ran a game called supply-side economics, which meant that if you give the people who have money more money, they will take the money and invest it and build factories and hire the people who don't. But we were put in a trick. That's the supply side, you see. In other words, give it to people who got it, and they will invest it and create more. But it didn't work out that way, did it? So the laws were changed, and the system was restructured, this is what you call cutting. When, when jobs are cut or when programs are cut, this isn't just a cutting. This means money is being what? Transferred. It is being moved from one group or one set into the hands of other set. So this is what you call capital accumulation. The money that was once going to the poor and so forth now is redistributed it to the wealthy. 
Now, the wealthy, in their gracious manner, were supposed to invest it and create jobs. But that wasn't what happened. They played shell games with each other and created paper wealth and so forth, and then sold the companies off and shipped the stuff out and became international citizens and left us in the lurch. Even the white is in the lurch. Everybody's in the lurch here, see? Now, the black community then must accumulate capital so that it can invest in its own infrastructure, which means then it must redistribute its money and its wealth. It must take the money back and reduce the flow of money outward to other groups, accumulate it in itself and invest it in itself so that it can create abundance for itself. The black community now must not lament being in the diaspora, but really see the diaspora as your most powerful economic instrument. You see, while we complain about global white supremacy and we complain about white imperialism, you must also recognize that white imperialism was in effect too a white diaspora. Am I getting through? In other words, it also spread white folk where? Around the world. It wasn't just a colonizing of African people. You had colonizers. And the colonizers came to what? Live in all major areas and cities and places around the world. Using their ethnicity, they created lines of what? Communications all around the world. They, they built what? Commercial what? Networks all around the world, huh? They traded with each other, what? All around the world. You understand what I'm saying? So they scattered around the world, but in maintaining their ethnic identity and interests, they were able to create a global economic, political, and military system. Am I getting through to you? I know I'm keeping you a little late, but I just want to talk to you a little bit. Now then, and this is happening to the Japanese, and this is happening to Koreans and others. As they move into a global market, they disperse, what, globally. And they maintain, and they have their, what, central cities, central banking areas, and all of these means by which they maintain a global system, you see. Now, African Americans, you have great possibilities here, you see. We are spread from one end of America to the other. We're in all of its major cities. We already have national networks set up right now in the names of churches and organizations. And again, looking at the Nation of Islam and other groups. And so you have already uh, national what? Administrative networks. But you see, when you think of, until you think of nation, you can't use them, see? But when you now you begin to recognize, you should look then at the possibility of developing trade networks across this country, of developing and, and, and setting up a distribution system across this country. We should make all of these supermarkets and others make uh, room on their shelves for black manufactured products. Because now once you've got a, a distribution network set up, and you have markets all across the country, you have a basis for manufacturing, you see, and distribution in the country. If you organize these things now, you can deal with the Caribbean as an African-American nation. 
you see, and you can deal with the African continent as an African-American nation. With your accumulated wealth and power and economic organization, you can now begin to have a major impact on U.S. foreign policy and transform that policy in a way that it stimulates the economic development of African nations. You can make African nations now receive uh, favored nation treatment. You see, lower tariffs against African manufactured products. Create a market for the sale of African manufactured products within this country, you see. See, people will tell you that it's because the Japanese were so industrious, or because they had such great family values, or because they were Confucians, and all of this is the reason why now they're an economic power in the world. Well, if that's the case, why weren't they an economic power 2,000 years ago? Uh-uh, it takes more than that. Uh-uh. Why did they only become an economic power basically after World War II? Huh? Because of the nature of what? The relationship that this country, what? Had with them. A relationship that was fundamentally different from the relationship it has with African nations. Why is Korea going today, ladies and gentlemen? Because they sent black men over there to die in the soil of Korea and to protect Korea as an investment market for white men. And black men and women over there today still protecting South Korea as a market for investment for white men and white people. And yet it's black lives that were given and black tax money that executed that war over there and that built this investment possibility. It is black taxes that maintains the ships and the airfields and the other things that also preserve what? The investment possibilities for private capital. And so you have public capital being spent in the interest of private wealth. And then they try to tell you in America that you have no right to ask for anything from the U.S. government. You understand? And yet this government took its industrial genius it's, it's, it's organization and so forth, and taught the Koreans industrial organization and development. Japan's highest economic award, an industrial award, is named after an American, the Walter Deming Prize, a very prestigious prize. Why? Because it was Walter Deming who basically taught the Japanese industrial organization and production. <coughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Huh? In other words, it was what? The relationship of the United States government and the type of relationship that this government had with Japan, opening its markets, lending its money, rebuilding its infrastructure, protecting it against the incursion of Russians and other people, providing a nuclear umbrella and all of this for the Japanese. And then they're going to tell you that they're here because they have family values. You're out of your mind. <laughs> And then they're going to make, and by implication, try to tell you that the Africans don't, that the Africans are lazy, that the Africans are miseducated, that the Africans are this, and the Africans are that. Come on, don't believe that mess. It is a result of the fact of U.S. policy, which means then that the African-American, which I believe is the central principle to the advancement of African people the world over, must organize economically so that we can organize politically. Open these markets up to African manufacturing the world over. 
so that the Africans in the diaspora in Africa and the Caribbean and other places can have places and markets for the selling of their products. Am I making myself clear? Yes. Now we even have large numbers of Africans in Europe, you see. So if we build in a network of Africans right in this country, build a marketing system for Africans in this country, and also use the accumulated capital we get from that market to even invade the U European system in America. Reginald Jones, Reginald Lewis died this week. Very interested in this. How does a man capture a national food company? We have to learn this. How do we capture? We don't have to recreate the wheel. Let's buy them out. You see, let's control them. Let's use our consumer power to bring them under control as people and have them operate in our interests as people, you see. And when we do that then, we can build a pan-African universe. We can use the African diaspora as every group has used this diaspora based on its ethnic identity, based on its cultural commonalities, to enhance its power in the world. The Japanese are relating, who are Asians, are relating to whom? Asians, and building an Asian realm. The, the Latinos are building a Latino realm. The Mexicans and other Latinos now are, are taking up the American coast, right from California, right around the rims of Southwest America, right on through what? Florida. Because of what? They're getting ready to become the main exporters and importers of what? Latin American products and be the controllers of Latin American trade. Before you know anything as African people, we will be locked in completely from every coast in America. You see? And we had better move in, in Alabama, in the coast of Mississippi, in Georgia, and Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, and keep some of that stuff so that we can engage in Atlantic trade with our people, so that we can be in control of African products that move out of here and African products that move in here. If not, we shall be doomed to destruction by this system. Crisis is opportunity. Racial identity, cultural identity is the means by which African people will reclaim their own. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. All right. All right. When I get up in the morning, it seems like it's going to be a good day to me. Then by the time I get to school, things turn into problems for me. And then by the time I get home, I'm so tired I don't even feel young anymore. I wish my father would come back with my mother. I wish they'd stop killing people around my block. If I had just one wish, just one, what would it be? Navigator, his 
legendary tailors of the young black male. These projects are like the Amistad, a copper's wine, like a cat of nine tails on a black man's back. Black, in fact, their whole fucking plans to murder black men in the urban, the earth, and turn our babies to workers. The purpose to hurt us, been so well disguised. All they teaching us in schools is to get good jobs. Never own or produce anything for the self. Like us niggas into working for our uninsured health. And they send us all the guns and cracks and shit. So when the jobs that they give us don't stack the chips. And when a nigga needs more than a couple of hustles, I'm down for the struggler. Motherfuck supporting the struggle. I come for the ruffles, delays, and the low revenge. Fuck fair, I wish to make it even. Everybody in my hood can push a black Bentley. Sit man and Stevens with me. They call it wishful thinking. This is gonna be beaten. We'd all be eating if you. Until the day I see my whole hood sitting on cake, look trick, and I'll be. Becoming prisons and arenas The biggest business in the country is to give me life At any price, I refuse to fall victim to your system You can call it Cointel Pro My counterintelligence program at its fucking finest I'm damn free, no one spooks sitting by the door Seen with a lot of broads, push a hot rod of cars Won't see me in the source, out my mask Count my cash, appearing ignorant, belligerent Far from intelligent, always on some nigga shit Back in the hood, building schools with black curriculums Raising the babies, keep the war or the contradiction General Tim Taylor, regiment conjugator, eloquent orator, systematically confusing, ain't down for losing to the corporate despots, most hated cause I'm hot and Hey baby, born urban, had a father figure, Tim Taylor there with you. Anything in this world you want, you gotta go get it, it's yours if you It's more to life than a couple of hundreds, believe me, I done it, but you gotta want it. The people will return to power As when you see it's never been about money Shit is deep It's always been about the souls of men Like God know that it's the rich that cause the poor to sin No wars that sin Niggas overseas to bleed Started by some slave traders and their allegiance to greed Keeping it clean It's pressure selling keys to the seed Tearing to the fiends A worldwide web of a scheme Ballers with cream Conjugate Sadie's babies Seek the council on independent black institutions All the cracks and pollution The gas and confusion We use it cause us niggas trying to make it me. Shit ain't sweet, my mother never raised no killer Good crack dinner, but some nights we don't eat My enemy, Esau, and Ajo foe Try to keep me out your ear because I didn't have to keep this gun in my waist And there was a place where love wasn't Where crack is just a hole in the wall And traffic involved calls and yeah. Nobody died over verses and beats The hearse was extinct, my air like release from the bank Before you go, all right, no, no. Uh, 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 you got time for Q&A, Amos. 
question and answers are no. too much but I think some people obviously sort of as I tried to get across an election misidentify what culture is about you see and uh, do not uh, recognize that it, it, it involves commitment and ultimately uh, doing some people too frankly have not been really transformed inside uh, and often are into this, I say doing the right thing for the wrong reason sometimes, you see, uh, are still being somewhat reactionary. Others, others who come through this uh, so perfectionistic are still so filled with hostility and anger uh, until any little what they perceive as deviation or lack of purity is an excuse for them to scatter the whole thing and to, to take away the whole thing, or to blame the others for not being conscious enough or African-centered enough, and therefore they can't operate with these unconscious people. <laughs> and so what you have is the very ones that you need to work and to become models and so forth uh, are using the, uh, uh, the excuse of how others are unconscious as a basis for themselves not acting and yet not realizing the fact that if we were all what we should be already, then we wouldn't have to be going through this at all. <laughs> that uh, our whole purpose, one of our major purpose, is to create a consciousness in people which recognizes that it is, uh, it is not there. Everybody up here should be running up saying, what can I do so we can pick out this building? Mm -hmm. I'm the one that got to run and get this building. Mm -hmm. Because basically people here should figure out more conscious than the people that are not here. Well, there's still people who are suffering from lack of self-confidence, uh, uh, still despite, you know, the superficial things, are still yet wrestling with their ability to really trust each other and to really fully give themselves to an organization. And of course, we all to a degree are still wrestling with these problems and issues. And uh, some then uh, are still have not really moved in their personality. This is the reason why I tell people often that the ideology that the person projects is not the only thing you should measure them by. You really must measure them by their personality, you see, and look at 
at them in terms of, of uh, persons. And you got to also try to figure out why they got into what they're into. Because sometimes all the reasons for being African-centered or looking African-centered are not healthy. You see, there are many of those who have backed into African-centeredness, who, because they were rejected and angered, you see, sort of came into it. And so, in a sense, they still harbor a great love and desire for their masters, or they still harbor uh, the original attitudes. And so, if the other people were to send a signal that they were genuinely ready to accept them, they would drop their African dress immediately and go right back. This is the reason why I tell people, you, you, you can't enter this African-centered approach uh, based on rejection, you see. You must believe in this approach and our ideas it, in terms, in other words, what you believe in, you should believe in had white folk never existed in the world. You see, it should not really be connected to the way white folks have treated you. You see, so if you back into African-centeredness based on a mere reaction to rejection by white folk, it means really psychologically that they still have control over you and you're still holding out hope and, and, and you're still really acting on a reactionary level. But when you operate on the fact that this is the kind of culture I would want and the kind of relationships I would want, even if white folk never existed in history, then you're not connected with their actions and so forth, but you're motivated by something that comes from within the self and for, and for the self. And this is what you must see in people you seek to deal with, because often there are those who will even go along with you, but who, when the time comes that whites indicate that, you know, they have some genuine feeling, will betray you and turn you over. So it's, it's a, well, we, ha we just have to be more uh, perceptive. Was this, a, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I was at every lecture, it has to be what he said. And I listened to Dr. Clark, and he said the same thing, but no one seemed to hear him. Mm -hmm. At the end of the night, he said, I'm not writing so that you can read this and go home. I'm writing so that you can read this and act. Mm -hmm. And yeah. our lecturers continue to say that, and must continue, I suppose. But as uh, I was saying about the Christian church, I mean, what do we do? I left that alone, and it changes a lot of people away from lectures. It changes, like, I, 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 I don't want to
Sure. Okay. Thank you kindly. One of the I, I appreciate your comments very much. Um, we have to get over this issue sometimes. What I call a secular religion, too. Uh, where people are coming to the lectures basically looking for a rush. And and while, of course, the lectures should invigorate us, and that's one of their purposes, is also to invigorate, to maintain faith and so forth. But uh, we can't let that be the sole purpose. And I find uh, many people still are sort of caught up, who, even though they're out of the church in a sense, they're still in it, you see. And they've secularized their need for uh, for some kind of joke, and that can become addictive. It's also very rough sometimes, on to be honest with you, on us as lecturers, particularly on me, because there are many times when I would really sometimes rather just talk, you know, and interact, and yet. Um, even though many of us are out of the church, we still want to be preached to. That's one thing about the oral tradition, you see, that we have to analyze. Uh, and that oral tradition uh, was to a great extent sometimes also uh, used to create emotion and feeling. And that has its place, you see. But we also have to watch out because many of the things we need to know and learn cannot be delivered in that style. And yet, we are caught in the trap sometimes that if you don't, then people are falling asleep on you, or they, you know, not uh, paying attention to you and so forth. So gradually, I hope we can move to a style where we can be a bit more instructive, a bit more even-toned to deliver uh, really some solid information. And of course, hopefully we will deliver information more closely related to actual activity as well. I know we got to inform and teach, but we also have to be able to do this. The place I have over there is not just a place for us, those people who've been there know that we can hold up to 200 people in that place. I've offered the community the use of the facilities as well, yes, and uh, we have a space that any of people in our community can use, and we cooperate with our community for uh, using the facilities. We have the facilities for the community, and uh, we charge or don't charge or whatever, depending on what people have. The rent is going to get paid. So, you know, we're making ourselves available. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a real simple, mm -hmm. simple question. I want to identify some other literature. There's a book. I don't. It. I don't know whether it's being distributed up here. Nation building by a person named Koto. Yes. Excellent, excellent book, uh, particularly in the context of African-centered uh, education, but is uh, African-centered education structured in a way that I mentioned earlier, that I think very much uh, is structured in terms of nation building, and has nation building as the 
apex of what the education is about. And he lays out in detail. He, in fact, his is the only one I've seen that really lays out in detail an African-centered education that moves all the way from spirituality right down to computer science and technology. So there's nothing left out of it. You know, it doesn't stop at history and culture and so forth, but it goes right down. It goes right on into political science. It includes political science and the whole nine yards of it because it's designed for, uh, for uh, power. Of course, the Marcus Garvey's, uh, yeah, but the other one, the little blue and white book, um, I can't recall it right now. You don't see it as often, but it's done by the gentleman who publishes, who writes about Garvey, and published Tony Martin, yeah, in his series. Where, of course, and, and, and it's interesting, because of course, he, he, you saw he even had a network of people across the nation. And it's interesting, too, that he had something almost like a three-year training program, which is another thing I keep telling us. We cannot solve the problem of African people to meet two or three hours on weekends. You've got to have ongoing 24-7 institutions. And sometimes it will take you two to three to four years to move people to the level of development you want to. Uh, here we are fighting people who keep people in school for 30 and 40 years. What do you think a PhD is? I'm flabbergasted, smart bastard Why won't he play role just act retarded Cause when you grow single parent poor That's your place, don't read too many books Sag your jeans, screw your face, chat shit Act thick, practice your backflip Book your motherfucking ass out from the cameras Provide the entertainment for your coachable betters Men of letters think we could only be smart if they let us Though knowledge ain't for punks, they market it like it is Cause who the fuck wants to be cotton from fresh prints But geeks design the systems, the visions, the politicians Malthus and the Smiths, we're living in they your vision, so knowledge is power for devouring cowards that showered you with propaganda each and every hour. That's why Malcolm never died, it's just another tug on the road, a symbol over the globe. Cause did you know the most rebellious thing you can do is get educated? Forget what they told you in school, get educated. I ain't saying play by the rules, get educated, get educated, get educated. Educated, break the chains of their enslavement Get educated, even if you're on the pavement Get educated, what a weapon that your brain is Get educated, get educated We speak of power when we speak of education Free your body, free your mind, what you think you saint it Plan rebellion, that's the way you use your brain, kid That's the only way we're gonna make it out this matrix But got all the basics can all look around say that we hate it, but how do we change it? Or we arrange it, or to replace it? Got to step into the mind of designer. What do you reckon when you step into the fire? What are you reckon is it definitely biased? Shepherding your effort in a way to require? Act like you're lesser than better, sever endeavors clever. I know a bagger used to act like they ain't clever, cause it's become fashionable to say we all clap at all. Never at symbols of the state, only those that look like you. So who's done what we doing? Pursuing, I won't ruin. The riddle ain't very hard, brother, you feel the cluing. So when we clapping our tools and play the fool, we ain't breaking the rules, it ain't very cool. You know what? The most rebellious thing you can do is get educated Forget what they told you in school Get educated I ain't saying play by the rules Get educated Get educated Get educated Get educated Break the chains of their enslavement Get educated even if you're on the pavement Get educated What a weapon that your brain is Get educated Get educated 
If you wanna hide something from blacks, then you should put it in the book. Still, some brothers won't even look. It's like they shook. It's not just ask them you act the more they promote it. Cause dumb people will not rebel. I'm sure you know this, yo. Look at the dreams that they feed to our baby girl seeds. Look at the means that they tell us she make all the peas. Dumb celebrities say girls act like me. If you suck, dick and film it, get a show on TV. Because we don't want too many women thinking like bell hooks. We want a bag of hookers to bend over and just cook. My silicone addresses do anything to impress us. Of course, a woman's life is lived just for the fellas. Much as the next man. I love a woman that's shaped up, but it's not on my own. Unattractive than the woman that played dumb But the ego with the weasel that see you lesser than equal to beat you But wanna keep you with all the bullshit that we do Deceitful and we're evil I wouldn't wanna be you Putting up with all bullshit And I mean me too The anger burns inside of me violently It's dividing me One moment I'm cool The next I think that you're trying me Cause of course I believe in peace Theoretically generally But if you love something Then you got a defendancy No telling you be a coward No coward could be your friend of me You should know your enemy Cut the head of the centipede But know the one Whose heads need to get severed For the one who just slivered Just cause they don't really know No better than you Across your butt And your enemy brother And if you really knew the truth You'd be defending each other The most rebellious thing you can do Is get educated Forget what they told you in school Get educated I ain't saying play by the rules Get educated Get educated Break the chains of their enslavement Get educated even if you're on the pavement Get educated What a weapon that your brain is Get educated Get educated All right, that concludes our digitally remastered presentation of Dr. Amos Wilson in our IDEO Praxis series called Dr. Amos Wilson on Feel Good History. This episode has featured music from Conscientization 101, Decolonize This, Properly Defining Settlers, Part 1, from our Musical Commentaries Collection. Wise Intelligent, I Wish, 99, from his album, Blessed Be the Poor. A college. Get Educated, from his album, Knowledge is Power, Mixtape, Volume 1. Links to featured music are in our show notes. We also included links to Dr. Amos Wilson's books that are in the Conscientization 101 library as well. And I just want to say something again before I, before we, you know, wrap up. Uh, uh, um, in regards to the Collar Get Educated song, I love the hook. Like he said, I ain't saying play by the rules. Get educated. A lot of people think uh, education is synonymous with training. You know, it's not. You know what I'm saying? The enemy cannot educate you. Okay? And you got to sometimes get training and to show that you're educated, get the training and subvert their education to put it to use to you because intelligence is not an IQ test. And IQ test, if you if you really want to know what an IQ test measures, IQ test so is, is very subjective and it's supposed to basically me- measure how, how precocious you are. So if you're a kid and you know this culturally biased type information and you're like 10 and you know, well, you know, you're supposed to have us 2.5 kids and you're supposed to, you know, go rent a house and you're blah, blah, blah. Then they'll say, oh, shit, you got high IQ, Right. That's not based on Western axioms and psychology, is it? I'm being sarcastic. It is. Now, intelligence 
and this I got this from Amos Wilson. I don't just say, oh, because I'm throwing one Amos Wilson quotes. I like to give people credit for what credit's due, okay? And they said, it didn't originate originate with me, but then he said it, and I went and thought about it, I said, that is correct. Intelligence is measured by the ability to solve problems, okay? We got a lot of black people who who have a lot of of their education, right? And they do follow the rules, right? And then, you know, they got business degrees and everything, and then they say, well, damn, I I don't know how to, I don't know why there's no business in the hood, right? You know what I'm saying? We got all these black doctors and black politicians and you got niggas with no political power and niggas is sick than a motherfucker. Okay? So, thank you, Akala. Let them know. That's what we've been doing on here on Conscientization 101. We gotta let them know because if the colonial powers, if the imperial powers tell you you are educated and this is what you're supposed to do and this is a great movie. Oh, I'm, I'm slipping into somewhere else. And this is a good Negro president, oh God, what am I doing? Let me stick to the script. Then that means it's not educated. Let me stick to the script. Anyway, I want you guys, don't forget, when you visit us at conscientization101.com or c101magazine.com, sign up to our mailing list for exclusive information and downloads. Hit up our store where you can download our free gift today. There you'll be able to hear all the tracks before we air them on the Audio Praxis series, which we only got one more left. And yo, pick up an unabridged interview or two. Pick up a few musical commentaries on the shirt. Support 100% independent media. Also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Conscient1, that's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-1, at Facebook on Conscientization 101, and Instagram at C101 Editors. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back with the conclusion of our audio practice series with Dr. John Henry Clark on this next episode. Now, support us. Appreciate the love. Also, I want to also mention, I, you know, for those of you who don't know how to read, um, if you uh, go, we, we, the books that are in our library, because somebody hit me up and was like, yo, uh, I want that book. Like, we sell books and shit. Well, if you go to our actual website, uh, it actually says on there, that uh, we read these books. Every book we put in our library, right? We read them and we suggest them because they're a key part. Uh, these are very fundamental resources for conscientization. And that's why we suggest these books. These are not books that people pay us. We don't sell books or anything like that. We haven't actually encountered the, the material in the books and feel that it would be very, it is a very good book for conscientization. Um, so it's not a movie. Uh, it's not nobody in spandex. It's not nobody saying they're a superhero. It's not a a, a a Negro hitting it up with the CIA or anything like that, wearing a superhero costume. The same CIA that overthrew Lumumba and Nkrumah, but you Negroes just wanted your little uh, kids to have a positive role model in a fictitious Hollywood movie made up by white people. But I just wanted to throw that in there because in case, you know, <laughs> we got any more that hit up about, you know, I want your book. Can you give me your book? I just thought I want to throw that in there. So we'll see you next time with Dr. John Henry Clark. I hope you read. Stay away from that owl and Carcosa. Peace.